Let's travel the world together. She can make it easy and in any kind of weather. No TSA, no bad checks, no patting down. She's talking from the skies and sending lives of feel good sounds. Oh, Betty in the sky, have you heard her yet? She loves traveling, there's no doubt. Betty and the Jets. She's weird and wonderful Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen She's wearing high heel shoes Got her wings on, too You know I've never seen a better stew Oh, Betty and the Jets Hello, and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline, and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and pilots, and from traveling around the world. In this episode, we have stories about Normandy, suppositories, raccoons, baby talk, pushers, bras, Mickey, and Superman. And the music for the show I recorded on the streets of Germany. Let's get on with the show. I was at the airport, and I was at my gate, and I was on my phone waiting for my flight, you know, on my phone, like you do, looking down, and um, I just was listening, so I'm always aware of my surroundings, and I knew there was an older man with a younger man, the older man was in a wheelchair, the younger man seemed to, I'm still looking at my phone, the the younger man seemed to be really taking care of the older man, and I was thinking... He was like, do you need anything? Can I get you this? Can I get you that? Um, and I was kind of thinking, wow, that son is really good to his father. So I look up for my phone. And it's not a father and son. It was two older, I shouldn't say older, old <laughs> soldiers in uniform. And there was another soldier in plain clothes. I could, I figured this out, who was helping them, who must have probably came to the airport on an off day. I don't know exactly how it worked, but these two soldiers in uniform were going back to Normandy. And the one was 99. The other one was, I don't know, maybe 90. And I was like, okay, stop looking at your phone. <laughs> What's going on here? And I started listening to them. And the one that was 99 had been back like several times. You could tell that um, they were very proud of their service. And then several passengers came up to thank them for their service. I'm sorry, I'm getting a little, <laughs> because I, I was just, you know, you, you, we've gotten so accustomed to expecting nothing good at an airport, but this was a very heartwarming event. Here are, this man was 99. He was going back to where he stormed the beach at Normandy, and all these people kept coming up to talk to them, and they were laughing, and he was telling stories, and it was, the airport can be heartwarming. People ask ask the darndest questions. Yes. Every day you hear something new and different. But it's the back of the A330, the four right bathroom. I was standing there and an Indian lady with her sari on came to the back, looked right in my eyes and asked me point blank, where were the best place for me to go to give myself a suppository? (laughs) 
and I was dumbstruck <laughs> and, and, and thought what I would love to say would be the cockpit. That would be the best place. But I didn't. I refrained and told her in the bathroom with the door closed and locked, please. And away she went. <laughs> well, see, the, the laugh is the best part. <laughs> She's got a great laugh. <laughs> things I love about my new community is there's lots of wildlife. It's just a, it's, it's so pretty. <laughs> and, uh, and I love wildlife. That's what I like to do when I'm traveling. So it's nice to have it at home too. And my one neighbor, she's like a tiny little thing, like not very tall and like like the width of her legs is kind of like a, the width of a lot of people's arms. She's a tiny little cute little thing and she loves animals and she has a dog and she has a doggy door and she was sleeping and her dog sleeps on the bed with her and the dog started barking and she was like, what's going on? The dog never barks. So she gets up, it's like midnight and she gets up and there's a raccoon in her bathroom, in the master bathroom next to her bedroom, the raccoon had come in the doggy door. And so I would have been a little freaked out, like, how are you getting the raccoon out of the house in the middle of the night? So she said she tried to pick up, this is a little tiny thing, little, little tiny woman tried to pick up the raccoon with her uh, robe. Like, and that, that didn't work. And I was thinking, you could, you could have got bit, you know, that was dangerous. So she went to the kitchen and she got some cookies and she, she, she's a brave little woman. She gave the raccoon a piece, a little piece of the cookie. And you know, they have those little hands they are so cute actually. And he ate the cookie and then she backed up. And the raccoon, and she's holding another piece of the cookie, holding it out. So the raccoon's following her, and she gave him a little, I don't know if it's a him, just guessing, gave him a little piece of the cookie, and he's like, she backed up some more. Each time she got a little further, you know, she's giving him a little piece, not handing it to him. It's a wild raccoon, but leaving it, he picks it up with his hand. He's probably never had a cookie, right? So she gets him all the way out. And all the way out of the house, shuts the door, and I was like, Whew. emergency averted. So then the raccoon, he's never had a cookie. He's scratching on the back door. And he's probably thinking, cookie! I want, I want more cookies! Give me a cookie! So... She gets back in bed, and that smart raccoon goes around to the front door and starts scratching. <laughs> I want a cookie! Where's the cookies? So she, the next night, she says the raccoon was scratching at the door. Cookie! Where's my cookie? She made, she unintentionally made a raccoon cookie monster. This lady was, uh you know, just the special one on the plane. And so she uh, had been trying to talk to on pe to people on the phone the whole flight, try to FaceTime. And during our service while we're doing meals, she gets up and hand, tries to hand me something. And I look and it's a decayed tooth that had, oh just, fallen, that had just fallen out of her mouth. She and, was um, gonna hand you her tooth? Over the food. Oh 
Yeah, yeah, over. I was. I had the food cart, and um, so she tries to hand me her decayed tooth, and I was like, I can't take that. And she was uh, asking for toothpaste so that she could glue it back in, naturally. And so I said, I don't have any toothpaste. And she or was tooth like, glue. Right. So then she started. We have that in the back of the plane. Tooth right. glue. Yeah, tooth glue. Magic tooth glue. So, um, so yeah, so she uh, kept insisting that she needed toothpaste. She started asking people around her. So we had to tell her to stop harassing people for toothpaste. And she was just walking around with this dead tooth oh that God. smelled. It smelled, too. Oh, my God. So bad. So we gave her a cup to put the tooth in so that she could hold on to it. And then um, she just kind of kept going on about it so we ended up having it wound up the captain ended up having to come out of the cockpit and come back and talk to her and say that if she doesn't remain seated for the rest of the flight we were going to have people meet her when we landed because she's scaring people yeah she with her dead tooth walking (laughs) around with her dead tooth (laughs) So, so so a lot of people who don't work for the airline don't really understand seniority they're like well you've been there a long time so you must get whatever you want and it was like not so much. Uh, so, especially for international, I was kind of at the, not the bottom of the international, quote unquote, bucket. <laughs> but, you know, pretty close to the bottom. But then the pandemic hit, and you don't want to say you benefited from the pandemic in any way, but a lot of people retired. They offered a package, people took it, people were worried that things were going to take longer to come back than it's, it's turning out that it is, so they left. So I haven't been able to tell how senior I am because our flights hadn't come back. So we're not flying to a whole bunch of cities, so I couldn't tell if I was a lot better off than I was before, if I was kind of the same. It was hard to tell, but for August... We got a bunch of flights back, and I have been singing the Jeffersons song in my head, the TV show, The Jeffersons, because for August, get this, I got Barcelona, Venice, and Athens. So I, I'm not at the top. There's still a few thousand people ahead of me, but I feel like... Fish don't fry in the galley. Junior trips don't fit the bill. It took a whole lot of flying just to get up that seniority hill. Now I'm up in the big leagues, getting my turn at bat. As long as I live, it's you and me, baby, and there ain't nothing wrong with that. I'm moving on up to the big time. <laughs> to a deluxe rotation in the sky high. I finally got my piece of the sky high. So I have certain things I like to do in certain cities and in Paris, and I had a lot of layovers in Paris during the pandemic as it was only one of the few places we were allowed to go. And for a long time, everything was closed and all the stores were closed and you couldn't eat inside or so there really wasn't that much to do. But some of the things I started doing in the pandemic, I still kind of like to do now. So there's this park on the way that I tend to walk and they've got like one of those outdoor gyms. You know, I think they're so smart. I think they should have those everywhere, like especially at the beach. So it's just at a park and they have like a a metal rowing machine. You know, it's fine outside. It's not anything um, electric. It's just a rowing machine. And then they have one that's kind of like a um, 
treadmill, but you use your arms too. And then one of the ones where you like hold on and make your feet go side to side to work out your waist. So uh, I'm going to be walking and I, I just stopped for a little workout at the park. It's always local people. And um, the local people sometimes look at me because I'm in heels and my my wide leg palazzo pants. Just kind of nice, you know, but I'm not going to stay that long. I only do like, you know, I don't know, like five minutes on each machine. And a crew member walked by and said, are you working out on the street dressed like that? And I'm like, yes, I am. Oh, it's Perrier. Okay, so we're looking at it, and it's like, oh, isn't this cute? Look at these little. It has like little suns, the faces, and everything. They always have That's these like baby. baby face stuff and commercials. Like yeah. So I told her I said that's something like so very French is that the French when they're on TV commercials or something they sound like babies, like so, babies, like always like. They're 35-year-old people speaking like babies. Why? It's, I don't know. Because they've got Can you do infantile. It? No, I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's not something so I do it's on kind the of side. Like, like, How can those little squeaky oh, voices like that? Like that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> so that's perfect. Yeah. Yay! I swear if you ever turn on the TV, check it out. <laughs> so so then, standing there, just looking at these little mini sausages that we're eating, and I show her these. Oh my gosh! They're little sausages playing basketball, tennis, oh my God. volleyball, and rugby, and yeah. And this one's tackling another rugby player. So more baby. More baby, right there on the package. <laughs> Yay! I'd like to thank any of you who were so kind and you took a little extra time when you were going to buy something on Amazon. You went to my website, BettyInTheSky.com. It doesn't cost you any more. You just clink, clink through. <laughs> click through any of the Amazon ads and it supports the show. And I like to see what people buy. This past month, somebody bought an outside sun canopy, uh, the essential cheap trick and Old Bay seasoning. So if you're going to buy something on Amazon, just consider going to my website, bettyinthesky.com. Click through. Doesn't cost you any more. And I thank you so very much. So, you know, the pandemic is you hate to say it's getting better because, you know, there's a variant out there. It could all get worse. Everything is shut down again. So I'm not saying it's getting better, but um, let's just say that the public is flying. So the flights are full. But there's been so many challenges. And you guys have seen all the stuff in the news about people going crazy on planes. Well, part of the reason is it's not the normal uh, traveling public. You know, the business people don't seem to be traveling yet. So you have... Um, people who don't normally travel, but it's, that's not necessarily just their fault. There's all these uh, things that are connected to the pandemic where people were on unemployment and getting money from the federal government and they didn't want to work. And then you have, you just have shortages of workers right now, especially on the weekend. People just don't want to go to work. And uh, so you have passengers that are legitimately upset because there's so many 
so much staffing shortage that we don't have people to clean the plane. So you're delayed and then that could make you miss your connection. I understand why people are upset because there aren't as many flights. You're going to have to sit at the airport for a long time once you've already been up all night flying to Europe. It's upsetting. Uh, But the other thing is we don't have, especially on the weekends, we don't have the people who push the wheelchairs. Uh, So it's funny because well, nothing's really funny about any of this, but it is a little funny because we keep saying, well, we're short pushers. We don't have enough pushers. You know, it kind of sounds like, you know, you have drug pushers. So it seems weird to be saying, we are out of pushers. We had to walk super far, like how we did yesterday okay, where, going out. Okay, where so, were you? In Paris. Okay. So the bus dropped us off where we got on yesterday. Okay, yes. And the agent met us and we had to walk super I... far. Well, now we're late. So the flight attendants, all female coincidentally, were hauling it. Like we were walking super fast because right. now we're late right. getting to the plane. We're being conscientious. Yes. And the pilots, what do they care? <laughs> because they can do their pre flight stuff after the peeps get on. So they were in back. And, um, and all three of them were male, coincidentally. And we are hauling it. And one who was very fit and slim and trim complained about us walking fast the whole time. Like that whole walk. How long is it? 30 minutes maybe? Yeah. He complained about us walking fast the whole time. It's not a race. I don't know why we have to walk so fast. Why is everybody walking so fast? And he's the fit one? Yeah, the whole time. <laughs> so finally we get to TSA. Now we're standing in line. Good thing we hurried up just to have to stand here and wait now. Yada. Finally, I turned around to him and I said, you sound like my two teenagers. <laughs> I said, when my husband and I would walk through the airport, my two teenagers would be straggling behind complaining the whole time. Why do we have to walk so fast? Right. This isn't a race. And he says, well, your two teenagers are very intelligent people. At which time I said, you know what I told them? I told them to go walk with grandma and grandpa. <laughs> Because they all walk at the same speed. I didn't have a bunch of wine to check through. So I get up there to the gate first, along with another flight attendant and the three pilots. And um, the gate agent says, where's the rest of the crew? And I said, well, they're still stuck at security. And And you had a long walk. And then I looked at the one pilot and I said, he kept telling us to hurry up. He kept saying, go faster, go faster. And I'm telling him, I'm walking as fast as I can. And the gate agent says to the pilot, it's okay, it's okay. The, the ladies, they are in the skirts and the high heels. It's okay. And that pilot looks at me and he says, you are such a liar. <laughs> On the airplane, we can have quite a few wine kerfuffles. Um, this flight attendant was telling me that she had a bottle of red wine. She was trying to open it. She was having trouble. She was really trying to use her strength. And what ha- ended up happening was almost the whole bottle <laughs> of red wine went down her dress. Now, this was... Uh, when the bathroom is very busy. So she wanted to go in the bathroom to clean up this red wine, but she didn't really see much wine on the outside of her uniform. So she figured on the inside, she was just all red, right? Finally, the bathroom opens up. She goes in there and she's like, where's all the wine? Did it all go all the way through to the floor? 
because she didn't really see any wine. So the that night at the layover, she's taking her clothes off and her bra, she wears a push-up bra. <laughs> and the two cups, the push-up cups, uh, were crimson red. They had absorbed all the wine. This flight attendant was telling me this story about an unaccompanied minor. You know, we have kids that are too young to fly on their own, so we... We have a lot of rules and regulations about them. They can be as young as six and as old as 18, depending on where you're going. Sometimes international, it's older. And uh, we have to check the ID of who's picking them up, and you have to ask some questions, and you have to um, keep checking on them during the flight. And so she had an unaccompanied minor on her flight, a young lady who was 16, and when she went to get the ID of the person picking the unaccompanied minor who's too young to fly alone up. It was her husband. Yikes. Years ago, when my children were young and I was still nursing them, since I flew overseas, I always had to express and because you do. So anyway, I had gone into the bathroom, was doing my thing, and I forgot to lock the door. <laughs> That's my funny story. Well, who came in? A gentleman. <laughs> Did you get a reaction? Oh yeah, kind of a surprised look. So that's my embarrassing story of the year. You know, I've been asking for stories for many, 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 many years now. And uh, sometimes you hear the same story and you don't ever know where it came from or... So I was flying with a girl and she said, I have a story. And she told a story. I didn't record it because you guys have heard it before, but it was interesting to hear the original story. So she, it happened to her. I've had somebody else tell the story and it gets a little exaggerated. So the the way I heard it was that there was a woman breastfeeding and the flight attendant went up and said something to drink and the baby unlatched and said, apple juice. <laughs> Kind of like in this demonic voice, but certainly a well-formed voice. So, you know, obviously they were old enough to not be breastfeeding. Now, I know a lot, I don't want to go into, a lot of people choose to breastfeed longer. None of that's my, any of my business. But I had heard the story that the the baby said, apple juice. <laughs> when she told the story, it was just that the baby clear as day said, apple juice. So this isn't going to be like my normal light and fluffy story. Uh, I had a little wake-up call this past month. Uh, I'll preface it with saying, I'm totally fine with criticism. I'm totally fine if people don't like me or don't like the podcast. I know you can't please anyone, everyone. Um, if I'm worried about everybody I'm going to offend, then I don't have any stories to tell. So I do know, and actually, believe me, I have got plenty of criticism along the way. I remember one uh, review for the podcast said, uh, I don't know who listens to this. Whoever listens to this podcast must be on drugs. And I was like, okay. <laughs> but anyway, 
I do know you get criticism. I'm fine with that. And I also know that anytime you put your head above the crowd, somebody's bound to throw a tomato at you. But that said, this past month, somebody posted on social media that they disliked a story and thought I was despicable and then hashtagged or the equivalent the airline that they think I work for. Now, I'm not saying whether they got the airline right or not. I mean, I've been doing this for 16 years, and I'm so careful to edit out when anybody mentions the name of the airline. I say I work for a major airline um, just because I don't want to get in trouble with my airline, my real job, my job that pays the bills. The podcast is like a hobby. If it's a job, it's like a minimum wage job. Uh, I'm just trying to entertain people. I'm not trying to offend anyone. And this person who hashtagged the airline that they think I work for should realize that any company has a social media department and they read all the mentions on social media. So this person was, I could be wrong, maybe it was unintentional, but it seemed to me like the person was trying to get me in trouble at my airline. And even if they got the wrong airline, you know, they could hashtag all of the major airlines. And then what I have to worry about listeners getting me in trouble at my real job. I mean, I don't have a husband. I don't have another income. I, I love my job. And, uh, the thing just sent me for a loop because I I never imagined somebody trying to get me in trouble at my job. So it's funny because I overreacted a little bit. I was at the pool when I read it and I was like, I'm not doing the podcast anymore. Forget that. I mean, I'm not going to have my hobby, you know, get me in trouble at my real job and... uh I've calmed down from that. <laughs> I was overreacting. I just didn't, I didn't see anybody doing something like that. Um, but I have given the podcast some thought and I haven't decided anything. Uh, a part of me was like, maybe it's run its course this past year um, when I wasn't doing that much flying or traveling. It was difficult to, to fill the time and, uh, you know, all good things come to an end, but I don't, I'm not sure. And I also was thinking maybe I'll morph it into something else. Maybe it'll just be a travel podcast and that way I don't have to worry about the airline part of the equation. I'm not sure. And I might just keep doing it the way I've been doing it. I just, <laughs> I guess I didn't realize how easy it is to post things that could be problematic on social media. Back to the light and fluffy. <laughs> uh, those flight attendants tell me back in the days where they had to share rooms. I can't even imagine when the flight attendants had to share a hotel room. I don't know if I would do the job because I don't. Well, who knows? Uh, but anyway, back in the days when they used to have share hotel rooms and they had all those stringent uniform checks where you had to be a certain weight, where they tested whether you were wearing your girdle and you had to wear your hat, uh, you had to have, basically it was, it was strict and it was really important. So she's sharing a room and the other girl had put ice in the ice bucket, not realizing there was a crack in the ice bucket. It was sitting next to her wool hat. So now it's time to go to work and her hat is soaking wet, but she has to wear it. So she's putting on this wet 
hat that's like dripping onto her hair that's supposed to be perfect. And, you know, it's basically not optimal. So she gets on the plane. She's trying to figure out what to do with her hat. And she decided to put it in the oven. <laughs> well, it was a wet wool hat. And so the hat shrunk to a tiny little hat. <laughs> And she had to get off the plane wearing her tiny little wool hat. We were playing a joke on another flight attendant. She was very senior and she loved, you know, doing things for passengers and she always made people laugh. So we wanted to kind of get her back. So when she was not watching, we took her passport out of her suitcase. We were all based in Florida at the time we cut out a picture of Mickey Mouse and put it over her picture so when she went through customs and the passport agent opened her passport he didn't find that very hysterical but she was rolling on the floor laughing yeah they usually don't have a good sense of humor no they don't but we had a lot of fun with but it you know what that's a good idea I'm gonna remember that because you could take a picture of anything of anything <laughs> Well, I don't know how far you want to go with that one, but Mickey Mouse was, was yeah, kind of harmless. Yes, good. So, you know, work, one of the, actually, it's not that bad, but, you know, we have to wear masks and uh, all day long, and especially because we have to tell the passengers to wear their masks, so it looks bad if we're not wearing our masks. So uh, you just got to get, you know, make peace with mask wearing <laughs> all day long. Uh, but there are a few side benefits, like things you could never do before, like chew in the aisle. <laughs> you could take a bite of something in the galley, chew it as you're delivering something in first class and nobody will know. Or say you eat an Oreo. Normally you'd have to go brush your teeth because we're always smiling at the passengers and you have a bunch of Oreos or spinach in your teeth. But now you can have Oreos and be in the aisle with your mask on, no problemo. So another problem we're having these days on the airplane that we didn't have before is that people watch videos and they don't think about any of the other people on the plane and they just think they can just play them out loud. It happens a lot when I'm commuting to and from work. When I'm sitting as a passenger, I'm in regular clothes, so I don't want to say anything. And lots of times the flight attendants don't because they're not sitting right next to the person, don't realize that they're playing hip hop videos next to you when you're trying to sleep. So I was on the plane. So now I'm in my uniform and I'm working, going to Europe. And here's a woman, she's like 40 years old, just playing her videos out loud on the all-nighter to Europe where the whole plane wants to sleep. And I said to her, um, I try to say it sometimes like giving them credit like they already know it and forgot it. I said, oh, I'm sure you know that that you can't play that out loud, right? And she said, what? And I said, well, you can't play the, your video out loud. You can use headphones, um, earbuds. And she said, why can't I play it out loud? And I said, well, there's 300 people on this plane. And can you imagine if everybody was just playing <laughs> whatever they wanted out loud? It'd be chaos. And most of these people on the plane want to sleep. And she went, oh, okay. So there was this Pan Am flight attendant that was serving Muhammad Ali oh. on the flight. And when it came time to take off, he didn't want to put his seatbelt on. And he was like, I'm not putting my seatbelt on. She's like, Mr. Ali, 
and he was with his entourage. Right. Mr. Ali, you need to put your seatbelt on. He goes, he goes, Superman, I'm Superman. I don't need to wear my seatbelt. She goes, Superman, super ne- Superman don't need an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> you know? He goes, Superman don't need no seatbelt. She's like, Superman don't need no airplane. And they died laughing, everybody. Another flight attendant was telling me that there was this pilot that had, it wasn't just a regular nosebleed, it was some sort of condition where there was, his, his nose was bleeding a lot. And he was flying to Johannesburg, which uh, is a very senior trip because it's worth so much, so many hours. It's such a long flight that you don't have to work as many days. So it basically, it's the people working that flight are over 70 years old. And so he's trying to figure out how, what to do with his bloody nose. So he asked the flight attendants, does anybody have a tampon? To which he got uh, crickets. These ladies are over 70. Do you have a tampon? He was going to put the tampon up his nose. (laughs) So the other day going to Europe, we had a woman, uh, she was like in her 50s. Uh, She was totally normal during the flight. She had, I don't, I wasn't working her side. I don't know how many glasses of wine she had, but apparently, I'm guessing, I don't know for sure, she denied it, but she took things. I don't know if it was Ambien. I don't know if it was, I don't know what she took. It could have been anything. She could have taken too much of something, but I got up from crew rest and she had her legs in the aisle, her pants off, her underwear showing, her head in the aisle going, ah, ah, ah. (laughs) That's funny, right? It's funny, but it's not funny. Um, She we had to get her up because we had to get the carts in the aisle and uh, she didn't know where she was. She didn't know where she was going. She did not know she was on an airplane. Um, she basically roofied herself. You know, uh, you can see how people get taken advantage of because she's not going to remember anything. And if she's doing this in public. Now, granted, nothing's going to happen to her on the plane, but I was trying to help her. And I was saying, you know, they might not let you into Europe in this condition. You know, how are you going to get to the hotel? She fell twice getting off the plane. So the, the moral of that story is it's best not to roofie yourself in general. Well, that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel around the world together. Thanks. Bye. Hey, kids, when you fly together, she'll tell you where she's been and tell you where she's going. You'll have some fun, so why not come along? So fasten for takeoff and the signal is strong Oh, Betty, in the sky, have you heard her yet? She loves traveling, there's no doubt Betty and the Jets Oh, she's weird and wonderful Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen She's wearing